Amen. God bless you. We're going to let you have your seats here just a moment. Thank you very much. Appreciated the wonderful worship of the Lord today and for his goodness that endures to all generations. Amen. We're here on this um, weekend before the, our Easter camp that we'll be having down at Dry Creek, Louisiana. This is why we will not be having a Wednesday night service nor a Sunday service here. You can stream the services you're not able to attend. They'll be um, uh, on um, eveninglight.net. So if you want to um, join in together with us, we certainly welcome you to do so. I'd lot rather you just be there. Amen. It'll be a great time together. This will be our 32nd year to hold um, Easter camp. And um, it'll be our 30th year at Dry Creek, uh, Louisiana, there where we where we rent the, um, the Baptist campground there for the weekend and have for the last 30 years. And, and man, we're just looking for a great time in the Lord. I've been talking to Brother Donnie Reagan, Brother Andrew Glover. They're looking there with great anticipation for the meeting, the Lord speaking to them about the different needs. And uh, so we're just looking to, to the Lord to really speak to us in, in a mighty way. Um, also, I wanted to say that as I drove up, I, um, as I pulled in on the, before there was a few, but just a few cars here this morning, my wife and I arrived and, and I was grateful that the roads were all open after the six inches of rain that we got yesterday. And so we were happy for that, be able to come and, um, you know, as I drove up in, in the parking lot, I, I looked over at my wife and I mentioned about Bacher's Chapel and the church there where um, I first started preaching when I was only 15 years old. And uh, that's been now nearly 50 years ago. This February coming up will be 50 years of ministry. I started there and had never stopped. Amen. And so, you know, today we're here because of our love for the Lord Jesus and for this message that God sent, a message of restoration in this end time. And I was really pleased to, to, to hear that the Brother Leo, Sister Helen was here today, and we're happy to have the Chambliss and also the Nelsons that are here. It's so good to have you in the service with us. And we're just looking to the Lord. And all of you that is assembled, I know there's different members of the lay family that were here for the baby dedication, also um, other extended family. So we're just really happy to have you in the service with us today. Amen. But we're thankful for Jesus. Without him, we're nothing. Amen. He's all, he's the reason we live. He's the reason that we endure. Amen. He's the reason we believe. Amen. Let's turn to Mark chapter 11, verse 20. If you will, we'll stand for the reading of the word as we just go into the scripture once more this morning. This was the scripture that Brother Branham was contemplating upon when, when the third pull of his ministry would, um, would uh, come into effect and would begin to show the power of it and would show in the power of creation. And in Mark 11, verse 20, and in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. 
And Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. May God bless his word today as we just look into some things in the word. I'm going to be speaking today on when two omnipotents meet. And we're, we're speaking here as we've been ministering on the people of the book. It's a subject that I have ministered on since I visited the land of, of Israel uh, last year and just um, have been sharing some of the things that uh, inspired my heart while I was there. And as we look into the word to see even as they are people that have been returned to their homeland, that I believe that the bride of Christ is a people that we have been turned to our homeland. And our homeland is the Holy Ghost, the Word of God. Amen? And, and of course, um, with Israel there, there are many things to be conquered. As you know, the Golan Heights has just been acknowledged by our own president as being a part of Israel. And uh, so they, you know, they are people that are, are trying to reclaim an ancient homeland. And of course, they couldn't have done that without God. And they couldn't do that without prophecy being for them. Because the Word of God had set it into motion many, many years ago. And so as the Word of God put into motion that the, the words of the promise, it says, I will restore, saith the Lord. And so with Israel, there are mountains to be conquered, um, fig trees to be moved, scriptures to be fulfilled. And I, I think they are the same thing for us. There are mountains to be moved. There are fig trees to be, to be moved and, and scriptures to be fulfilled. And Jesus is telling us that nothing shall be impossible to you. And that's because that, of course, God is sin and Elijah prophet to turn our hearts back to faith again. Remember, this was necessary in our day and our hour because uh, we were a people that were bewildered and confused and, and, and scattered out in denominationalism as Israel was a people bewildered and confused about even their origin or their destiny and, and were a persecuted group that were scattered out among the nations. And as God has gathered them, I believe that God is gathering a people back to his word. And so, to, and of course, as that will unfold in the, uh, the hours, the days ahead and the tribulation period after the bride is gone, where Elijah and Moses will, will bring and present Christ back to um, the Jews again, and their hearts will be turned back to the faith of the, of the fathers. Back to the faith to receive the Son, Jesus Christ. And I, I believe in this day that God has promised the same for us. That he sent unto us a message in this last day to turn our hearts back to faith again. To cause us to start believing. 
Amen. And to believe, we're going to have to believe in the impossible. That, that which is impossible with man is possible with God. That even as we look forward to a resurrection and to a rapture, though how impossible that may seem for God to be able to gather all the dust of the bones of the ones that have went on before us through the ages and gather them up in a glorious resurrection and the rapture of the church and change us as we're standing on our feet in a moment and a twinkling of an eye. I believe it'll take a people that believe in the impossible. Amen. Amen. That the impossible becomes a possibility. And this is what we're wanting to look at today because remember, as I just want to share with you just a few little quotes, that there, there will come a messenger in the last day that will guide the people back to the first fruit, back to the original faith. Grant it, Lord, that this great messenger among us now, the great Christ, the Holy Spirit made vivid, made understanding, opening up the word and reveal it to us. May he guide them back to the original Pentecostal faith. Like Peter said on the day of Pentecost, repent every one of you. And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Amen. And there's a promise that goes with that. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, which is our homeland. Because the Holy Ghost is the Word, and the Word is the Holy Ghost. Because the Word is God, and the Holy Ghost is God. They're one and the same. And to be turned back to our homeland is to turn us back to the Word again. But it's more than a Word. It's the person of Jesus Christ. The reality of the gospel. Also, Brother Branham would say in the God of this evil age, he said, just as the seed of the church fell back there with the signs and the wonders and the living Christ among them, it ends up in the last days under the ministry of Malachi 4 and restores back again the original faith that was once given. What a promise that is. Amen. Again, and going beyond the camp, just sharing a few of these, he said, Lord, the pool is ready for the first move after repentance because the first move after repentance is to be baptized in his name, right? And then a promise to to receive the Holy Ghost. And in this last day, a calling back to the original faith, the original prescription. Oh, we've seen too many people away from Christ dying under these other man-made prescriptions. But they may be ever so good in their denomination. But Lord, I want your prescription. You are a doctor. There's a doctor. There's a balm in Gilead. There's a physician here to heal every sin-sick soul, to heal every physical being. Great doctor of all times, great creator of the heavens and earth. Come now, will you, among us and speak to us in the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ. I tell you, that was his prayer then. That's our prayer today. Amen. Again, in the Feast of the Trumpets said, therefore, during the time of the Reformations, they're coming to Reformers as the seven seals proved it was. But in the last days now, how many believes were living in the last days? It was supposed to be revealed again. We find the scripture, Malachi 4, that there is to be an anointing come down. 
to restore again that original faith and to bring the faith of the people back to the original Pentecost, the, the faith of the fathers. I believe that today, don't you? Amen. There's an anointing that has come down. I want to say that anointing is still here among us to bring, bring us back to the original faith again, to cause our hearts to believe, not to sink down in this last and evil age in, in Laodicea into a faithless generation, but a people who believe in this last days. How many are believers this morning? Amen. That God wants you to believe his word and his word of promises, promises a restoration in this last day, a restoration of faith again for people to be able to begin to believe. To believe for the impossible. Again, in Feast of the Trumpets, he would come to the end of his sermon there and say, remember the Gentile bride is to have a prophet called Elias, Elijah, that is to call them out of the traditions, the bride. Just the same as these prophets called the Jews out of Judaism to Christ, the atonement. This will happen there under the ministry of Moses and Elijah. And the, the, the Gentiles already knows the atonement, but it's to call the bride back to the original atonement. So again, to call us back to the original atonement, to the original blood, to the original prescription, amen, to the original promise, to the original Pentecost, amen. Now, there, of course, have been organizations that have been grafted into the vine of the tree, and these are like suckers that are sapping the life and competing for the light. But in spite of all of that, God is going to have a bride tree. Amen. All that the canker worm ate, I'm quoting Joel chapter 2, and the caterpillar ate, and the, he said, I will restore, saith the Lord. And Malachi 4 tells us we'll be brought back to the original faith like it was on the day of Pentecost, the faith of the fathers. And we believe it will come. And he says, I believe it. It is time for it now. Well, how many is ready for it? Amen. I'll tell you, we see limbs that are withering away. We see people that are caught up in Laodicea. We see people that are, are, are dying on the vine as it was. But every, every, every limb that is on that vine that the Father didn't plant it will be plucked up. And everything that will not bear fruit will be cut off. Amen. It's a fruit bearer now. And God is looking for people who will offer back the fruit of faith again. A people who will believe him. Now, we, we notice that again that in, in this, a restoring faith. We're promised in Malachi 4 to be restored back to the original faith. Back to the original seed. Back to the seed that like it began on the day of Pentecost. Back to the same doctrine. Word by word. Power by power. Spirit by the same thing. Exactly like it was back in the beginning. Through signs and wonders of the living presence of God. Amen. So after 2,000 years we can say today he's still alive. And he's still living among his people. 
dwelling among the candlesticks, walking among his church, revealing himself to be still the living Christ. He's not a dead creed and he's not a form of godliness that denies the power thereof, but he's a real living God that wants to show himself alive among his people. But you know, with Israel and and in that day of Israel, there was so much unbelief in the land. And even the disciples, their hearts was being excited to believe. And they were starting to believe and power was being given to them to cast Satan out. And as, as it did, there, there came a very hard case to them that we will read about here in a moment. Matter of fact, let's just read it in Matthew 17 and verse 19. And the disciples were brought a very difficult case of a child that would constantly, because of an evil spirit, throw itself into fire, throw itself in the water, always a, a self-destructive spirit. Amen. It sounds like the world we live in today. Self-destruction everywhere. Amen. People are so hurting until they're cutting themselves. Amen. And, and destroying their own lives. But I want to testify today of a God that's a restorer. Somebody with me now. That just brings to my my memory a little child down at youth camp, a young girl, actually a teenage girl that had come and and, uh, she had had a difficult life and hated herself, wanted to destroy herself and sliced her wrist. She was in so much pain. Demons had got a hold of her until she was cutting herself and trying to destroy her life. And then... God in his mercy got a hold of her and turned her life around. Amen. But you know, even though her life was turned around, now as a young woman, she still bore the scars. This is what we try to keep you young people from having to do. Bear the scars, the hurts and the shame of sin. Amen, that if you come to the Lord at a young age, this is why we have youth camp. Amen, give you a chance, get you in an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit can deal with your life and change you. Amen, not only that, we try to provide that in every service to have that kind of atmosphere where people can be born again. Amen, not with a dry confession, but a a real life-changing experience. That brings you to God and cleanses your life and, and deals with a, that sin issue and changes your nature. But this young girl now, this had happened to her. And she was now in, in, in camp. And, and she was still wearing the scars, the scars upon her wrist where she had sliced it. And there it was. And she wanted to lift her hands to worship God. She wanted to praise his name. But she was ashamed of the scars. She wore, you know, maybe sleeves and things that would hold over of her, of her past shames. And she's sitting there in the service and she's saying, oh, I, I would really like to worship God. I'd really like to give him praise. I'd really love just to raise my hands, but I have these, everybody will see these ugly scars. But she said, he's my Lord and I'm going to do it anyhow. And she raised her hands and began to worship him. 
Amen. Freely and began to praise God. And as she did, the scars fell off of her arms and they were no more visible. Amen. Completely healed and gone. I'm talking about a God that is rich in mercy. I'm talking about a God who's a God of first chances and second chances and third chances and fourth chances and a God that will not only heal you and deliver you but also remove the scars from your life. I will restore, saith the Lord. But in a way, this young man in the Bible, he constantly was trying to destroy his life. And the Bible said that the disciples had prayed over him. Remember, they had been given power to cast him out. But now something happened. They were struggling with some issues. They were not able to cast the spirit out. And then they brought him to Jesus. You know, this is always important. If we can get, just get you in the presence of Jesus. As long as we're just men gathered here, amen, maybe that ain't much. But when God gathers among us, we're not just a lifeless, meaningless gathering of people. Amen, we're a people of God. That's what we want. We want his presence welcomed. But anyway, so they would come and, and finally they would come to Jesus and bring him to Jesus and Jesus would cast him out. And verse 19 of chapter 17, then the disciples came to Jesus apart and said, why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing, somebody say nothing. Nothing, nothing shall be impossible to you. I wonder, do we as Christians believe that? We ought to. This is something that our Lord said about us. Amen. I think of these disciples, the failure to cast out the evil spirit by the disciples. I, I, I kind of would like to look at it this way for a moment. The disciples started out, perhaps they were praying in faith. And when immediate results were not seen, they began praying in unbelief. And, or maybe they started out as Peter did with great faith walking on the water. But then begin to look at the mountainous waves and the tumultuous winds. And maybe faith gave way to unbelief as they began to look at this boy's symptoms. As he would froth at the mouth, as he would roll there uh, and, and, and his, in his spasm and his agony and the cries of the parents. And their unbelief began to grow and grow and grow until Jesus came. You know, faith, Jesus said, all it takes is just faith as a grain of mustard seed. Just a tiny bit of faith is all that is needed to conquer any mountain. Faith is a powerful gift of God. And, and any born-again believer has faith. Amen. Using, you know, and, and we know that because without faith, it's impossible to please God. 
He that cometh to God must believe that he is, not that he was or that he was going to be, but that he is and that he'll reward those that diligently seek him. This is part of the very law of faith. Notice, as we're saying, but using that tiny mustard seed as an example, Jesus illustrates the omnipotent power of God unleashed in those who have true faith. True faith is omnipotent. It's omnipotent in power when it's connected to an omnipotent God. Amen. Now, to every man is even given a measure of faith. I would say, I would submit that even unbelief is faith. It's, a, it's faith that's aimed in the wrong direction, believing in the wrong thing. You've got to have a lot of faith to believe there is no God. You've got to have a, a lot of faith to believe that this world here just kind of came out of, you know, uh, 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 just nothing, that there's nothing created nothing. Amen. You've got to have a lot of faith to believe that. So it's faith, but it's aimed in the wrong direction. And that's what Malachi 4 was sent to do, to turn our hearts back. Come on. To faith again. To cause the people to start believing again. A people to believe in what others are thinking impossible. They begin to see as a possibility. Amen. And Jesus was saying, nothing is impossible to one that believes. The biggest obstacle in your life, the greatest thing that you're facing, the biggest problem in your family, there is nothing impossible. Now, but he illustrates by that seed, that little seed of faith, he says, you know, there's enough omnipotence in that faith that it'll create, it'll absolutely move a mountain or it'll pluck up a fig tree or it'll move any obstacle. There's enough omnipotence in that, but it's got to be connected to an omnipotent God. Amen. Amen. Now, This is what we're going to be talking about today is that connection that connects you to an omnipotent God. Now, everything from the writing of the Old Testament to Calvary to the church ages with its messengers, the message that we've received, the seven seals revealed, every mystery of the Bible has been revealed in order to prepare you for a miracle. You know, I I shared some little quotations last week, and I want to just bring them back to your, the front in front of your memory. Actually, it was two weeks ago, because Brother John Andes blessed us last weekend. But anyway, we, he said, uh, Brother Branham would talk about Noah building an ark. And he said he was not only working a miracle, he was preparing for a miracle. I wonder how many hearts are really prepared for the miracle of the body change, prepared for the miraculous of the dead in Christ rising, of the great rapture of the church. Well, that's what's promised in our generation. And in order to bring it, there's got to be hearts prepared for that rapture. Now, he said, now the church today is not only having miracles, but is preparing for a miracle. 
And I just brought it out, you know, even last Sunday, you know, we, we have seen God working in so many different ways. And man, we've seen him work through the messenger, through the divine healing movement, with, with the blind eyes open and the deaf ears hearing and the many miraculous things that's taken place. Are you with me? Amen. We, we've seen God work in, in his miracles and, and his mighty wonders and, and it, by the working of the Holy Spirit. Let me just stop just for a moment. Let me share with you just this newspaper article I, I received today. Um, it's an old one. It comes from 1949. But it's speaking about the services of William Branham back in 1949. In the great divine healing campaign when the Holy Spirit was moving in such a miraculous way. And remember, it is to prepare us to believe. Not to sit down in unbelief, but to believe. Not become more faithless. Jesus wondered when he looked down through time, he said, will I find faith on the earth? This is what he's looking for, somebody to believe him. Now, but anyway, this little newspaper article, I'm just going to share it with you. This, this comes here um, from a paper uh, in, uh, representing cities of North Chicago. It was dated March the 24th, 1949. And um, the, the reporter was Fanny Wilson, and she was writing in the community news of the Chicago paper. Said at last night's service, a young boy paralyzed in his arms, legs, and back, twisted out of shape, was brought by his mother from Bensonville, Illinois, and was prayed for. And immediately after prayer, he walked straight and steadily from the platform without aid. Two women who had been blinded with cataracts for two years were healed in the same service. And after being led to the platform, they, they were pray, then prayed for. The first was able to see and walk, as her husband said, even those bloodshot veins in her, in her eyes were cleared up. Amen. She followed up with that, said the main difference between William Branham and most everyone else is then the Bible to them, the Bible is ancient history. To them, to him, it is just as vital and a positive a force now as it was in the days of Jesus of Nazareth. And what makes the story different is that Reverend William Branham proceeds to prove his contention, not that he contends, but far from it. But Brother Branham is more humble than all the humble men you have ever seen put together. Now, so you see, this was their record of what God did even before I was born to start getting your faith to believe. Amen. Oh, my, then how we ought to be today, a people of faith, a people who can believe, a people who will stand on the Word of God. Come on. Amen. Oh, my, and we have seen God move. Amen. We can testify of His healing virtues. We can testify of the healing cancer and alopecia and and giving the sight back to the blind and healing brain bleeds and on and on and on and on and on that we can see that has happened right here in this assembly. 
Amen. Because people have begun to believe. Because these kind of things that we spoke of in the past has inspired our faith to believe God will restore. That God's still God. That God still heals. That God still delivers. And God still saves. And that he still fills with the Holy Ghost. And this God is the same. Hallelujah. And his name has power. His name is full of glory. And his name is above every other name. And every disease and every affliction and every problem has to bow to the name of Jesus. That at the name of Jesus, every knee, cancer has to bow to it. Blind eyes has to bow to it. Amen. Every disease has to bow to the name of Jesus and confess he's ruler. Are you with me? So now Brother Branham was saying, now the church today is not only having miracles, but it's preparing for a miracle. The coming of the Lord Jesus and the rapture of the church to be taken up. Give me a church ready. And he uses it like this, visualized to see signs and and to see the omnipotent God and the great power of God moving among the people, which the rapture will be an easy thing when Jesus comes. They'll be caught up because they believe in such. Sure, we're at the end time. We're at a junction road, the crossing time, the ending of a dispensation, the beginning of a new And there's been six of those, and we're on the seventh. In other words, we come through 6,000 years since Eden and man's fall. And we're about to see the dawn of a millennial day. Now, so again, he speaks about this, that omnipotence spoke at every junction. And when the church cooled off and then the omnipotence spoke, miracles take place. And this is a junction of all junctions. Let me tell you, just because he said that some 50, 60 years ago doesn't change it. Because we're still at that junction. We're still right on the border of the rapture. We're still right on the border of a a millennium ahead. We're still right here on the edge of finishing up all things. And we're here at the junction of junctions. Amen. Amen. And this is the end time. How many can declare that? Amen. You say, well, Brother Tim, there's, uh, they've been saying that for years. Let me tell you why. Because there has been end times. Amen. There was an end time for Eden back in Adam's day. There was an end time for Noah. Amen. There was an end time for Sodom and Gomorrah. There was end time for the Jewish dispensation. And now we're at the end time for the Gentile dispensation. So yeah, there's always been end times, but they've all been pointing to this end time. And we're here in the fulfilling of all things. The wrapping up of the dispensation of grace. So he said this is the end of the whole history of the world is right now. So you can expect omnipotence to speak. And you can expect the greatest and mightiest miracles that ever happened on the earth will happen in the next few years to come. And we're still in that dispensation of the unfolding of the end time. Now, Jesus 
The gospel of Jesus is totally different than this namby-pamby gospel that's being preached out in the world today. His doctrine is totally different than the doctrines that are being preached in the majority of churches around the world. Let me just go ahead and define one more time for you that doctrine in Mark 1.22. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught as one that had authority and not as the scribes. And that Jesus did a mighty miracle and brought a great healing. And verse 27, and they were all amazed in as so much as they questioned among themselves, saying, what thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the evil unclean spirits, and they do obey him. So the real doctrine of Jesus, when it's preached, cast Satan out. That's what real salvation is. It's not teaching you how to live with your devil, how to live with your complex, how to live with your sin, how to live with your habit. It's casting Satan out. And true doctrine when it's preached, it will bring forth the holy people. Amen. It will bring, oh, hallelujah. It will bring the Holy Spirit down and cause you to live a holy life. Modesty will no longer be a word we talk about, but it will be a word that is demonstrated in his people, both men and women. Come on, church. Somebody help me preach now. Amen. You know, what kind of doctrine is this? What new doctrine is this? And I'll tell you what, this is still new to most places because they don't know this doctrine. This doctrine cast out unclean spirits. Now, let's talk about this for a moment. In the original going into the land, leaving Egypt, as Israel would go for their first time into their homeland, as Joshua was looking into the land, God would speak to him and say, Be thou strong and very courageous. For unto you I have given this land, and every foot Every place your foot is given to, to tread upon, that I have given to you. Amen. Amen. Now, I want to just bring that right down to you because we are here taking possession of every promise of God. This is our holy land. Amen. This is what we must conquer. This is what we must possess, in other words. Come on, somebody. Every devil that has squatted on a promise of God has to be cast off from it. Every unbelief has got to be torn down. Amen. People have got to start believing this book is mine. Every word of this is mine. Every promise of this is mine. It's mine. Jesus died for it. He paid for it. And it's my inalienable right to possess this land. Amen. Now, the same thing with Joshua. When he stood there looking at that new land that God spoke to him, and God would give him these words, Be strong, and be thou courageous. For unto you I have given this land. 
Could we just bring that and fast forward it and place it right in our moment and our time? Amen. This promise is still real. If it meant that for a physical people, for a physical land, amen, which was only foreshadowing and typing and speaking of something greater to come. Somebody help me preach. Amen. Then so that word should be so applicable to us in this moment. Be thou strong. Be you courageous. I've given you this mountain. I've given you this land. I've given you this promise. It is yours. It's for your children and your children's children. For those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I have given you this land. Go put your foot on it. Go possess it. Amen. Now I want you to hear the words of a prophet. Yes, he would say, and as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. There's volumes spoken that title. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. As I was there in that exodus, so I'm here in this exodus. Now Joshua, the new commander to lead an army, is second to the place where the great man like Moses stood. It was no little task. And I think of a minister today that is called of God to step into the tracks where Jesus stood. What a command, what a commission. But, that's, but each that's called of God is commissioned to stand in that same place. I'll be with you even in you to the end of the way. Each minister is called to stand where he would. The works that I do shall you do also. Each minister ordained of God is commanded to stand in the tracks of Jesus Christ and perform the duties that Jesus performed. And that's quite a command. Hallelujah. Amen. I know that command. I answered that command some 50 years ago. Amen. When he called me to preach. Come on now. Amen. And I've stood right there in that very tracks where Jesus stood. Amen. Proclaiming the word of God. Saying that God makes a promise to this last generation. And it doesn't end with a God sending a prophet. It it continues right on as as a bride is called in this last day. And God calling a people for his namesake. Amen. Amen. The works that I do shall you do also. Every ministry is ordained of God. Commanded to stand in the tracks of Jesus Christ. And perform the duties that Jesus performed. That's quite a command. That's what we're looking at. I'm looking at this promise. I'm looking. Now listen, I'm not in any way trying to say I'm a Joshua. I'm just simply saying I'm a Caleb that stands with Joshua. A man that looks and says, give me my mountain. Then we're more than able to take the land. Then we steal the unbelief of the people and say, it's still possible. Laodicea isn't too great. Lukewarmness isn't too powerful. Amen. The unbelief of the age is not enough to stop the word of God from being fulfilled in this hour. Somebody's going to believe it. 
Jesus is still the same. Now, look, everywhere Jesus went, he conquered. Now, wait a minute. I'm going to start right here now just a minute because that's your commission. Everywhere the sole of your feet shall tread upon, I've given that to you. Amen. Everywhere he went, he conquered. Everywhere you go, you're to conquer. The Bible said to him that overcometh. And he spoke it to the last days, didn't he? So somebody's going to be the conqueror in the last age. Are you with me? Amen. Amen. So he conquered everything that could be conquered. When he was on the earth, he conquered passion. So will you. Pride, so will you. He conquered sickness, so will you. Amen. He conquered devils, so will you. Amen. Even when he died, he conquered death. And if you go into death, you will rise and triumph over death too. There will not be one of the saints left behind. Amen. Notice now as we go on, he, when, he, when he arose, he conquered hell. And so are you. You say, well, Brother Tim, hell is all around us, and I agree. Every kind of spirit has been released into this age and this hour and this time, but you will conquer hell. You have been ordained to conquer the evil that is around you. You have not been called to defeat. You have been called to walk in victory. When he arose, he conquered hell. He went up and conquered everything that was against mankind and went of the winepress of God and crushed it down and conquered death, hell, and the grave, sickness, and formalities, and everything else, and overcome it all and rose on the third day and conquered all the atmospheres above and cut that mist that was between God and man. Oh, and connected, I want you to get this word, connected heaven and earth together. Amen. Amen. Glory. Amen. There he stands, a mighty conqueror. Since he rent the veil in two, there he is. He has the keys of both death and hell hanging on his side. He says, fear not. He lays his right hand for his power upon him and raised him up by the power of his right hand. And so said, don't fear. I am he that was and that is and that shall come. I am the first and the last. I am he that lived and died and is alive forevermore. Amen. Amen. How many of you today can say, Amen. 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 The psalmist would say, Lo, behold the mighty conqueror. Amen. Behold him in plain view. I believe that's what God did for us today. Split the veil. Ripped it open. Show God is a healer, a deliverer, full of grace, full of mercy, full of love. Open up the veil to see the intercessor. Amen. The atonement, behold him in plain view. There he stands, the mighty conqueror. Since he rent the veil in two. Now, I just want to tell you, he came to connect heaven and earth together. This is what happened even at the River Jordan when the great dove of God came upon the Lamb of God and abode with him. It was connecting man and heaven together again. Somebody with me? That through him, we could become connected. I'm talking about connected. 
Because it's going to take your faith connected to an omnipotent God. Amen. For omnipotence to work. And we're in the hour where there must be omnipotence on display. In fact, every one of you that are born again are a display of omnipotence. Amen. What actually happened was two omnipotence met. There was a potential in the seed gene of God that was resident in you by predestination. Hallelujah. And then by the connection of the Holy Ghost coming to you by the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you didn't have the seed in you. There's nothing in you to respond. Amen. You just become a false anointed one at the end time. But if there's a seed in you, you became connected with God, with heaven. The very moment you were born again. Hallelujah. Every, every egg of a woman is dead unless it's connected with the life of the male. And the church is dead if it's not connected with the life of God. You remain dead as a person unless you get connected. But when you're connected, there's omnipotence, power to conquer sin, unbelief, the devil, unclean spirits, the power of God and the deliverance. So every man or woman filled with the Holy Spirit is connected with God because of a new birth. And that gives a connection with God as he resides within the soul. Now, again, this brings us right down to the use of the word Zoe life. We like to name, name our kids Zoe. And, and, you know, sometimes go on about without meaning. But Jesus said, I give them eternal life, which is Zoe life. And that Zoe, that word eternal comes from that word Zoe, which means the life of God. Amen. Amen. Those that receive me, I give them my life. Oh, that that ought to send shockwaves through you today. Amen. He puts his life. In you abides his life. And his life is omnipotent life. His life knows no limits. There is no hindrance to it. Come on. It is all powerful. Amen. It'll blow everything out of the way. Notice now, when we have God's life in us, it makes us believe like God does. Hallelujah. Let me say it again. When you have God's life in us, it makes us believe like God does. That whatsoever his word says, it'll materialize. Amen. Amen. For it says, by his stripes we're healed. And for you, a believer, that settles it. Amen. God said so. And when, so when a man is born of the Spirit of God, he's a son of God. And then he believes for things that are impossible. He still believes it. Why? Because his God is in him. Shall I say it again? His God is in him by the Holy Spirit, and he believes. Amen. Now, if he hadn't got the Holy Spirit in there, he hadn't have, don't have anything for his mind to, want, to rest upon, so he'll just wander here and there and doubt and unbelief. He doesn't know them. can't comprehend the things of God because the natural man cannot understand 
the things of God, they're just foolish to them. But now, he said, then he, then he talks about the Pentecostal and the, full, and the full gospel. And he said, one of the things, the greatest things, one of the greatest hindrance among us is that you're trying to place the great things of God yet to come when you're right in the middle of it now. And this is always what it be, you know, one day, one day the bride will have her power. One day she's going to come into omnipotence. One day, one day. And I'm telling you that your prophet of God taught you is today. Not one day. This is the day. Not a future day. This is the day. Amen. This is the day. This is a day where people who are full of drugs and alcohol can have dominance over alcohol and drugs. This is the day where those that are bent down and crippled in their spirit because of pornography, this day, they can have power over it. Amen. This day, you can walk in freedom. This day, not another day, today. This is the day that if you're bound down with a cancer, you can be healed. This day, not another day, today. Today, the Bible said, today is the day of salvation. This is the day then of deliverance. Today, today you can shake off your lukewarm spirit. Today, you can get rid of your unbelief. It's an unclean spirit. Unbelief, can I say it again? It's an unclean spirit. Today, you can get rid of the unclean spirit. Well, you know, people will say, well, just wait in the millennium to come. Well, what would these things be in the millennium when we don't need healings? That's the next age to be issued in, the great millennium to come. But now, we're in the Holy Ghost age. Somebody help me preach. Amen. Now, we are in the Holy Ghost age. Amen. Now, you are the sons of God. Not we, now we are seated in heavenly places. Not we will be. We are now, right here now, sons and daughters of God, seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. There we are. Then all things are possible then. And when all these little shackles and dark shadows gets broke away, then the Holy Spirit can come right in and perform miracles. Amen. There's nothing impossible with it then. But just that little doubt sitting there. Now, as a born again believer, God wants every doubt removed. He did all kinds of things to get you to start believing. Come on. Amen. God wants it, wants you connected to Him by having faith in God. When you believe, it begins to connect you with an omnipotent God. Now, let me, let me share with you this profound statement from the Patmos vision. Cut every obstacle from human beings that they might be connected like in the Garden of Eden. Now, I was going to choke it, but I'm going to say it. 
Man is omnipotent. You don't believe that, but he is. A man fully surrendered to God is omnipotent. Did not he say, Mark eleven twenty two? whatsoever things you say and don't doubt in your heart, it'll come to pass. You can have what you say. So a man fully surrendered to God is omnipotent. Amen. So can't you see then when you put your faith in an omnipotent God, then, then omnipotence there is beginning to work? Can't you see that your faith makes you omnipotent? You say, but my faith is so small. But, uh, but that's not true. We, we have been given translation faith. This word has given you faith for a rapture. Amen. Now, let me just say it. If you're looking for another personality to come, if you're not looking for another message to come that'll give you rapture and faith, ain't nothing else going to give it. If this message don't cause your heart to start believing, ain't nothing coming going to do it. It's going to cause you to believe now. Amen. We've had the Elijah ministry to turn our hearts back to faith, to cause a people to start believing. Are you with me? Amen. I'd like to share this from spiritual food in due season. Brother Brandon said, I want to get you built up now in this holy oracles of God, in the faith, the faith of this hour. The faith is going to take more faith than ever was in any age, for this has to be rapturing faith. And so we want you to believe that in all that you've seen and heard and the word you have been heard preached, the signs and the wonders that you've seen done, we want you to accumulate it all together in your heart and consider whether it be God or not. Amen. Well, if it's God, it was sent to build you up in the oracle of faith, in the word of faith, in the faith of this hour. Let me share with you again from the token message. I'm looking for a time for a break forth of the Spirit of God in these last days that we're now living in for another surge of the Holy Spirit into the church for rapture and faith just before it comes. And everything is setting straight in order for that. And I believe we're, we're now at the time that the Word should have preeminence. Amen. In other words, the word is what we believe. That we quit our doubting, our floundering and our fluttering around and anchor our faith right in that word. I believe it's the time we should lay aside our creeds and our thoughts and come back to the word. Amen. Amen. The message countdown, he would explain how that the power had begun to rise and he would use the natural inventions to show the spiritual progress. He said it would come from the ox cart to maybe the the bicycle to to the automobile to the airplane to to the jet all the way to rocket power. Amen. Power to take us out of this dimension into another. And he says, I've said some rough things, pretty rough things about the airplane, automobile. Remember, their horsepower too, all of its horsepower. The church is just moving up. Holy Ghost power. It's the Holy Ghost that we're justified by. 
You ministers know that, don't you? The Holy Ghost sanctifies us. The Holy Ghost fills us. And the Holy Ghost gives us rapture in faith. See as we move up. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost gives rapture in faith. Amen. Again, he would talk about this and why Christ speak. And he says, a man just noticed, he said, he asked me about the rapture, the coming, and the rapture, and we know we've lived the time out. And at the time of the rapture is at hand, and we're looking for rapture and faith that will pull the church together and give it some supernatural strength that will change these bodies that we live in. Amen. We, when we see a God that can raise the dead off the floor or out of the yard and bring him back to life again and present him here before us, Amen. We see a God who can take a cancer that's eat a man to his shadow and raise him up to a strong, healthy man. That ought to give rapture and faith to a people. Amen. That when, the, that when the light flashes from the sky and the trumpet sounds, the body of Christ will be quickly gathered together and changed in a moment and taken into the heavens. Yes, there's got to be something like that happen. Amen. Amen. When we see God begin to move among us, heal our sick, and bring deliverance. Are you with me, church? Amen. It ought to give a rapture in faith. It ought to cause us to start believing in the impossible. Amen. We're here at Easter time. It's resurrection hour. It's resurrection time. That those seeds that we've laid in the grave, no matter how long they have laid there, the atmosphere is changing. Hallelujah. There's a springtime coming on. It's a restoration hour. Amen. It's a time as the season begins to change. Oh, hallelujah. I looked here the other day looking at the changing of the season and I couldn't help but reflect that here we're at a tower of the changing of the seasons. Amen. We're moving out of the winter time. Amen. Into the restoration hour. Amen. God sending a prophet was a part of that restoration hour. But you being restored is a part of that restoration hour. You're part of the springtime. Amen. For that which is laid dormant but is powerful begins to push. The life that's in the seed that has laid dormant for years begins to push out against the soil, against the thing that buried it and held it down. Are you with me? And I say you've been held down long enough. You've been bound down long enough. You've been in darkness long enough. Amen. There's a light on the inside of you. Omnipotence that's beginning to respond to the omnipotence of the season. As the cycle changes and that sun begins to shine upon the sea, buried in the ground. Amen. Life begins to spring forth. Leaves begin to come up. Blossoms begin to blossom. Fruit begins to come on the branch. It's the hour. It's the time. That fruit come on the branch. That a piece of people blossom out in the power of God. Amen. What an hour we're living in. 
that ought to give us rapture and faith. It might not just something just kind of edges our faith up for a little bit and drops back down. Amen. But we, one miracle ought to prepare us for another miracle. Amen. One thing God does preparing us for another greater thing. Amen. My, this is what it ought to be. You say, well, but my faith is small. As small as a tiny grain of mustard seed. That's enough to move a mountain. But it's got to be put to work. Somebody hear me? He's a high priest working on what? Not on your crying. Not on your repenting. Not on your, on your faith, but on your confession. Amen. No matter how much faith you got, it'll never do you any good till you put works with it. Because faith without works is dead. Amen. There, there's a potential laying in a seed. And it can be there for years and years and years and laying there until the atmosphere gets right. But until there's works, come on, that comes with the potential of the seed, it, it'll just lay there for years and years. We ain't got years and years. We're out of time. Amen. We're right down here at the end. The last message has come to the church. The last messenger has come to the church. Come on. The last prophet has come to the church. I realize uh, according to Revelation 10, 8, the bride prophesies. She, thou must prophesy again. But it's simply saying a bride under a messenger becomes the final voice to the final age. It's not another message. It's the same message. The same message being preached again to every nation, to every tribe, to every people, demonstrating Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. We're people looking for a resurrection of all the dead of the seven ages. If this earthly tabernacle be dissolved, we have one already waiting a celestial body. And with that spirit and that soul and celestial body, you'll raise up into this, again, this natural body for the great millennium. And you have the power in you now to do that. So where, where in the world you get scripture for that? If the spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, it shall also, what? Make alive, quicken your mortal body. Hallelujah. So therefore, it's already laying in you. Resurrection power is already laying in you. That's what raised you up from the things of the world. It's the same thing that will quicken your mortal body. Amen. It ain't something that's coming. It's something already here. It's something resident on the inside of you. But if that power that you have in you now, but that power that you have in you now could make a new world. Now, these are some astounding things. You can go back to old Roberts. You can go to A.A. Allen. They never spoke words like these. They didn't have a message. This was not just a sign. There was a voice with the sign. There was a message from God with the sign. 
Notice. Now you put, but that power that you have in you could make a new world. Now listen, God doesn't have little weak spots and big heavy spots is powerful. The least little touch of God is omnipotent. Hallelujah. Do you, do you have the Holy Ghost in you? Then that least little touch of God is omnipotent. It's all powerful. Resurrection life. Amen. He said, so I'm trying to get you into faith now. You know that something happened to you as a Christian. Do you know it? You used to ride down yonder in the muck with all that muck and sin, drinking, gambling, things of the world. Well, as soon as you believe that Christ forgave your sins, you raised up above that stuff. Amen. How many, how many in this building has been risen with Christ? Amen. It raised you up above sin, didn't it? Amen. Now, the only thing that you have to do is to, to ride higher in the healing is just have more faith. Just keep pushing it out. Amen. That, you remember, that's the secret of a grain of mustard seed. Amen. That in that mustard seed is a life. And in that is a potential to become a mighty tree. Somebody with me now. It lays all within the seed. Every leaf that it'll ever put on is in the seed. Ever to every limb, every piece of bark, every attribute of a tree is already laying in the seed. Amen. Everything that is already laying in you by the new birth. Amen. It, all you got to do is start drinking and pushing out. Drinking in and pushing out. Drinking, responding to the atmosphere, responding to the movement of the Holy Ghost, responding to the call of God. Drink in and push out. Drink in and push out. Drink in and push out. I wish I had it right now. I'd show you. Maybe, Timothy, you can, you can send it to the guys up there and they can put it up for me. But of a seed that a crack a mighty rock. Let me just tell you, friends. That's that faith that's in you. It's going to come through. Look, he said, I'll have a bride without spot or wrinkle or blemish or any such thing. And if he said it, it's obligated to him. He's obligated to do it. He's under obligation to his own word. He's got to do it. He made a promise. Come on, somebody. He, may, he put it in his word. I'm going to do this. And God will do it. He said, I'll have a rapture in the last day. He's going to do it. Amen. Whatever he's got to do to do it. If he has to defeat every devil, and he will, he'll do it. If you've got to defeat the unbelief in your life, he'll do it. Whatever he's got to do, he'll do it. When he said to Pharaoh, let my people go, he was going to do it. You won't let him go, then I'll make you. I'll make you wish you would have. Amen. I'll, I'll turn the screws down on you. Listen, it's time we put the screws on the devil. 
You don't have a right to our land. You don't have a right to our children. You don't have a right to our grandchildren. You don't have a right to our bodies. You don't have a right to our husbands. You don't have a right to our wives. You don't have a right to the church. You have no rights, no legal authority. The word has been released. Let my people go. And when omnipotent speak, things starts happening. Devils start getting defeated. The enemy goes on the run because omnipotent begins to speak. But in order for omnipotence to speak, there had to become a people speaking with omnipotence. Now, if you're sick, you're not a Christian, become a Christian right now. So that healing power can come in you by being a Christian. And that'll give you faith to right above sin. It'll give you faith. And everything that you have need of in the journey, and this journey is right in you now. And the only thing you have to do is have faith in God that pushes out good things for you, which is you by the Holy Spirit. Do you understand? Clearly now. I'd like to bring out just a couple of more quotations on this now if we're born again of the spirit of God God don't have little weak parts and big strong parts did you hang up on me no the least touch of God is omnipotent he's all together God Amen. The Holy Spirit that is in you is the Spirit of Jesus and is no weaker in you than it was in Jesus. It's just as powerful in you as it was in Jesus. Amen. If Christ not be in you, you are none of his. But if you're his, then his power is resident within you. All right? So God don't have little weak parts and big strong parts. He's all together God. And if you had enough God in you till it's just barely a shadow, that's enough power to make a new earth. That's enough power to make a new moon and a new system. It's God and it's strong. And right now, and every believer in here that has eternal life, which is God's spirit in you, is enough power that'll raise up the dead, that'll heal the sick, that sets orbits in conditions. All right? Now listen. But it's controlled by law. That spirit that is in you, the Bible calls it the law of the spirit of life. So we, it's not that we just go out and begin to do things in our own will. Well, I've got this power, I'll go do it. But it is that we find that will of God. Amen. Now notice again, I wonder while he brought the illustration up. This is what a seed can do. Amen. This is what that, that life of God can do in you. Bust open. Any hindrance, any rock, amen, that, can I tell it to you, you are unstoppable, you are indefeatable, 
area, the mountain has to be moved because omnipotence starts speaking in accordance with the word and that seed life in you begins to push out. And as it pushes out, it begins to crack the rocks around you, begins to move the mountains and the boulders and the things and the heavy loads that has held you back. And I'm telling you, there's nothing that can hold you back as a seed of God. And if God has given you a promise of God, hear my words now and let me prophesy. If God has given you a promise of God, amen, there is nothing can keep that promise from happening. Amen. Just put your faith in an omnipotent God and omnipotent starts moving and rocks begin cracking open and mountains starts moving. If it's one grain at a a time, it starts moving, but it's going to move until it moves. Till it's gone completely. Amen. If you had enough of God in you, till it's just barely a shadow, there's enough power. Now, in every believer here is eternal life, God's spirit in you. Enough power that will raise up the dead, that will heal the sick, that will set the orbits in conditions. But it's controlled by law. And that's the spirit within you, your sons and daughters of God. The same spirit that you got in you will raise you up at the day of the resurrection. Now, Jesus, when he was here on earth, when he died... His soul descended to hell, and he preached to the spirits that were in prison. Amen. And then that repented not in the long suffering of the days of Noah. This is true. This is found in the book of Peter. He said so. His body went into the grave, but when he died, he commended his spirit into the hands of God. And his spirit went to God. His soul went to hell. His body went to the grave. And Jesus, watch now, was burned out. Barred out from the resurrection until the scripture could be fulfilled. Notice, he could not come back because he had to stay in the grave for three days and nights. But when the scripture was all fulfilled, this bar was taken away. And his spirit descended to his soul and his soul to his body and he rose again. All right, now hold it. It's a principle that goes with it. The power was in Jesus. But he couldn't raise on the first day. He couldn't raise on the second day. He had to raise on the third day. Come on. Because there was a word that barred him from resurrection power. It laid within him. But it could not work until it moved in the right position. Are you with me? Now, that's why in the millennium ahead, the bars that are placed by the word that bind us from Eden's power will be totally lifted from, and our full potentials as sons of God will be manifested. In that day, in the millennium ahead, we will not use an ax to move a tree there. We will speak and it'll be done. Amen. We will work, but not by the sweat of our brow. Somebody with me? Amen. We will be exercising our full potential. But right now, we're still held back from fulfilling all of that. 
until the appropriate hour. Are you with me? Now, why is it that some still die, even though we pray and believe? You know, I, I, was, with, I was with Brother Jerry Shaw, and I can take you back a decade ago when he was struck down with this condition within his lungs where he couldn't breathe and was having to have oxygen. And there one, holy, one day the Holy Spirit moved on me as I walked past him. He was still serving as a deacon. And I walked past this man gasping for every breath. Sometimes fighting sleep in the service because he's not getting enough oxygen. But still faithful to come to church. I wonder what kind of testimony you're going to face on a day like that. And here he would come, service after service, in his pain and gasping for breath. Are you with me? One service, I walked past him. At the end of a service, the Holy Spirit just moving in, in the audience. And as I walked down, this was in the old church, and walked down past him, walked down the steps. And as I walked by, I saw him there, and I laid my hands on him, and I rebuked that affliction. And for three years... He went without needing additional oxygen. You know why? God's a healer. God's a deliverer. Amen. But here he comes up. Now age comes on. Time comes on. And the time of his departure is at hand. Say it how you want to. God wants some of us to be alive and remain for the rapture. And some will put in the grave. But don't worry about those in the grave. They'll rise first. Amen. Amen. And Brother Jerry there would, would go on, go back on oxygen and, and now labor, try. And he, you know, he'd be, thank God for healing me. And there would be little healings. You remember when he laid there, there in the hospital, completely died. And God raised him back up again. And the doctor would call him Lazarus. And they would put him on hospice then, and he would defy all odds. And a year, a year or more later, it would be before he would die. But he still would have to go by the way of the grave. It was God's law. And then, no matter how we prayed, how much we believed, how we believed, just like we did the first time. Come on, it wasn't we wasn't believing; we were still believing. But he was barred out from that promise because he was accounted to be among those who would go and sleep. And he has a dream of himself. And he said, I saw myself, a young man running down the path. There, breathing deep. I can breathe. I can run. And just a few days later, he got that healing and crossed the dimension. And today, Jerry Shaw is a well man. Young again. Hallelujah. Sister Rachel just saw him the other day sit down on her bed right there and say, and she reached over and grabbed him by the shoulder and felt of him and said, Jerry, you're real, you're real. He said, yes, I just want you to know I always hear you when you call my name. You think the dead, you think the dead can't hear? The Bible says they do. Amen. You think they can't see in this dimension? The Bible says they do. Look at the 
souls on the altar. They're not dead. They're alive. Jerry is more alive now than what he ever was. But he was barred out from healing here on earth to get a greater healing there. Somebody with me. But it didn't keep omnipotence from working. Because one breath beyond this old feeble body was a new celestial body that doesn't have problems breathing. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. So what is it that some still die yet though we pray and believe and he says yet nothing shall be impossible to you. It's because it's some yes yet must fulfill the word that was given because of our original sin. Man's original sin. The day you eat thereof, that day you die. And some must fulfill that. But one day, may it be today, one day the last one The last one will go, what we call by the way of the grave. The last one will die. You say, Brother Tim, you're way out on limb. Let me just go back for a moment. In the Jewish dispensation, the last one to come in was a thief on the cross. The last one finally came. Abraham died. Jacob died. Come on. All of them died. And this last one, oh, hallelujah. Amen. I can imagine him. Now, this is just my imagination here. But I can just picture him running down the aisles, going right down into that region. Well, there is a paradise and screaming out, listen, folks, he's coming. The one you've been looking for, the one Abraham you preached about, the one Samson you talked about, the one Daniel you saw, Jeremiah saw, one day, amen, it's this day now. It's no longer another day. We have reached the last one, and the last one is running through. And he's making the announcement to the rest of them. He's coming. And he, he makes a little pit stop down into the regions of the lost. Read your Bible. He takes the keys of hell away from Satan. Where does the devil don't have a key to his own house? Hallelujah. He's more than a conqueror. He preaches to those spirits that were there that wouldn't repent in the days of Noah. The Bible said so. While he was in the grave, he was not dead. He was living. He was acting. He was talking. He was preaching. And he comes to the saints and say, today's the day, little children. My blood is wet on the cross. And your debt is paid for in full. And today, the last one has come in. Now, it's going up time. And the Bible said, remember this, Matthew 27, the Bible said that many that were in the grave awoke. The saints who were in the grave awoke and appeared to many. There was a resurrection. So I'm not way off, am I? 
Amen. If there was a resurrection for that dispensation, won't there be a resurrection for this dispensation? And we're here when one day the last one, the last person, the last member of the body will breathe their last breath. This man, this thief on the cross, would go there in the grave only to rise in a couple of days. Amen. One day we'll bury our last one only for them to raise in a day. Come on. Amen. One day the last one will die only to raise up again. Hallelujah. Change in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. I'm not talking fiction. I'm talking Bible. I'm talking prophecy. I'm talking about we're living out that hour right now, this time, this day. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. But some will be barred out. But there are some who fulfill that word and potential, or shall I say, omnipotence will come to omnipotent. Omnipotent faith will meet the omnipotent God in an omnipotent hour. What an hour we're living. What a day that will be. We will not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, as omnipotent power sweeps over your mortal body and gray hair comes back to right color again. Vision returned back to a young person, and we go into an eternal camp meeting where there won't be no old people there because death and are you with me? Death and old age and all the remnants of sin will be barred out of going there. Hallelujah. Why is it? Because you have been connected with an omnipotent God. And because of that connection, as he lifts you from the earth, he's taken you with him. He will not leave you behind. He's taken you with him. Don't you want to go with him? Amen. Don't you want to be a part of that great promise? Amen. Omnipotence is working. And two omnipotence are coming together. An omnipotent promise. An omnipotent God. And a people who believe in the omnipotence. Will you bow your heads with me now? Hallelujah. Jesus, we just want to worship you today. We just want to give praise to you because you're worthy. We want to thank you that you're the omnipotent God. And there's a people that nothing is impossible to them. We're looking at a God who spoke things out of nothingness. And brought into existence. We're looking at a God that showed that power still lays in the word today. That would speak. Omnipotence would speak. And even, even squirrels could be created. Little fishy give back its life. Lord, souls that were lost 
be overcome by the power of God, things would happen because omnipotence was speaking. Lord, you showed your omnipotent power. You showed your grace. You showed your power. Lord, let us be a people today who believe in that omnipotence. Let our hearts be turned to faith. Lord, we're here in the end time. Your word is the truth. The word of God can't fail. You sent us a message to turn our hearts back. You caused us to believe. And the Bible said, He that believeth on me shall not be ashamed or confounded, ashamed, or just left, as it were, holding the bag, believing and nothing happens. But there's a people in this day that will believe in the impossible. That realize nothing is impossible with this bride that's called in this last day, and I'm part of that. God would show us the power time on time again. That power would go out hundreds of miles away and by the word just take a tumor out. Speak to storms. Because you're God of omnipotence. And you reign. You reign over every power, over every situation. You're alive. You're not dead. This is more than about just having a full, feel-good gospel. It can feel good, but it's got to change lives. I pray, Lord, in your presence today that there will be that very thing that will go forth, changing lives, changing lives, changing lives. Will you do your work, Lord? Do your work. Do your grace. Let your grace overshadow every person. Let it move on every life. Let it move out on belief and fear. Lord, you have not given us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of love and of a sound, a disciplined mind, a mind to believe your word. Lord, May your people realize today we're in another Easter. It's resurrection hour. It's not this Easter because that's the season here, but it's your season you brought here upon the earth. I will restore, saith the Lord. The vine will put forth, has put forth another branch, and that branch will produce its fruits, just like the book of Acts. We love you, Lord, today. And we thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for grace. Thank you for your love, Lord. We thank you for your power. We love you with all of our hearts. Your name is holy. Your name is mighty. Your name is above all every name. This is why we take it in baptism, obeying the word of God knowing there's no one in, ever in the Bible that was baptized any other way than in the name of Jesus Christ. And it's for the remission of sins so we can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I pray your blessings upon your people today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
don't you prepare that video again. I want to play it one more time and let's just worship the Lord today.